Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, are we in normal times? Our next guest has his own perspective. He says the market really isn't about comparing bonds and stocks. We've got more details. Kevin Giddes is here in studio with us today. He's had a fixed income at Raymond James. Treasuries actually uh, didn't move too much, but PIM, as we've been talking about, there does seem to be a split about uh, how soon an interest rate hike may be coming. No split here. We're getting right to Charlie Pellet now in the newsroom with the Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you very much, Kathleen Hayes. Thank you, Pim Fox. We do have the tenure up 7.30 seconds at yield, 1.55%. Equities fluctuating between gains and losses right now. The S&P 5 500 index. I'll call that unchanged. We've got the Dow down four, little change there. The Nasdaq Composite Index also down four points. That's a drop of one tenth of one percent. So the S and P at twenty one seventy seven. Nasdaq at fifty two twenty one. Dow Industrials eighteen thousand five hundred forty five. Gold down a dollar sixty the ounce thirteen fifty one. A drop there of one tenth of one percent. Crude oil up eighteen cents forty six seventy six a barrel, up by four tenths of one percent. So stocks fluctuated after briefly erasing losses as minutes from the latest Federal Reserve meeting showed officials were split on whether an interest rate increase was warranted soon. Chris Lowe is chief economist at FTN Financial. He was interviewed minutes ago right here on Taking Stock. We know there was some disagreement among the uh, committee. That was pretty clear from the beginning. Uh, The balance of risks has been missing the last couple of uh, meetings because They've wanted to provide more nuance, uh, but but I, I guess first reaction, the nuance hasn't changed very much. The disagreement continues to be along the same lines. A lot of retailers in focus today. Target cutting its annual forecast. Target shares, they are down now by... 6%. Lowe's losing ground to Home Depot in its bid to capitalize on the home renovation boom. Lowe's down 5.8%. Also out with earnings today, we did hear from Urban Outfitters. Wall Street liked its report. Shares surging 16.2%. Again, recapping, S&P up by less than half a point. Now let's look at other news from around the world. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Rainey Innocencio. This news update is brought to you by Land Rover Manhattan, where New York goes for luxury. Conveniently located at 54th and 11th Avenue and online at LandRoverManhattan.com. Land Rover Manhattan is at your service. Speaking to a crowd in Cedar Rapids, Iowa today, Democratic vice presidential nominee Tim Kaine attacked Donald Trump as unfit for the White House. Kaine lashed out at Trump for saying Arizona Senator John McCain is not a hero because he was captured. That is an ignorant, insensitive, thick-headed comment, and this guy wants to be commander-in-chief. He shouldn't be within 10 10 time zones of being commander-in-chief with comments like that. Trump's campaign is undergoing a major staff shakeup. RNC Communications Director Sean Spicer says that change is a good one for the campaign. I think it's a healthy uh, addition, as well as Kellyanne Conway at this point, adding more senior folks as we head into this final stretch. The last 83 days are going to be crucial. Having people that can be traveling with with Mr. Trump, uh, as Kellyanne will be doing, and making sure that those strategic decisions adding to the team that's already in place with Paul Manafort at the top is a healthy sign of a campaign that understands what needs to occur as we head down these, these final days. 
More Louisiana residents have been returning home as floodwaters drain from some of the worst hit regions of the state. State officials say 6,000 people remain in shelters, down from more than 11,000 earlier in the week. And the Wildenstein Mansion is back on the market for $100 million. This after the government of Qatar backed out of a deal to buy the townhouse. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Ramey Innocencio. This is Bloomberg. Charlie. And we thank you. And again, recapping equities fluctuating. The S&P now up a point at 2179. Little change, bottom line there. The Dow also little changed up uh, five points now. That's a gain of less than 0.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Bloomberg taking stock, the Fed in focus. There's certainly a lot of discussion about whether or not the Fed is going to try to hike rates again this year. We think the Fed by December will be ready to do another hike. That sounds like a big difference from the markets, but it's not that big a difference. I think at this point the Fed is going to remain on the sidelines through 2016 and most likely the better part of 2017. I think they have a huge communication problem with the public about what's driving their policy decisions. They basically have no strategy. The Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio. The best of times, the worst of times, normal times. What kind of time is it to invest your money in bonds? That's why we have Kevin Giddis. He is the executive vice president and the head of fixed income for Raymond James. He joins us here in studio. Kevin, welcome. Thank you. Normal times? There's got to be anything but normal times. Go ahead. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, in normal times, when you look at stocks and bonds, you see some correlation. It can be a negative correlation. It can be an exact correlation. Um, but they, they tend to um, go in reasons um, uh, that are only known to equities and to uh, fixed income. Uh, where we are now is um, I, I can't even begin to talk about uh, why the equity market is where it is other than there is so much money in the system looking for alternatives to bonds that it would explain why equities are, are doing well. The flip side is in the bond market, uh, this is clearly something that is uh, more than uh, the, the domestic economy. This is a global event of which money is flowing in from areas that aren't getting high returns or have negative returns. So we look at the markets differently, and we look at the, the bond market specifically about uh, where the money flows are and what the likelihood of, of a Fed action uh, any time in the near future is going to be. Uh- is it possible that the, this is we finally see the, the extent of the rally now in the Treasury market, the U.S. Treasury market? Yeah, that would be uh, probably the seventh iteration of the thought that the bond market is done. Um, I, I think, never think it's done, though, but I'm just wondering if maybe it is. It, it's um, it, we're, we're 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 reaching the kind of the diminishing returns por- portion of the uh, of this long uh, run bull market in in uh, Treasuries in particular, but bonds in general. Um, what's going to change that? Um, is going to have to be something that's near a perfect storm uh, and economic growth, um, global uh, rebounding, specifically in Europe, um, Japan figuring out something uh, about interest rates and what it means to their actual economy. And then everyone's going to have to uh, increase demand enough to push prices higher. So those are the kind of the events that are going to really change this thing. Right now, I don't see it. Mm -mm. If interest rates were higher, do you believe that we would have better economic growth? Probably so. I, I think that um, uh, what the, the Fed's desire was when driving interest rates now uh, down so far uh, 
with with buying uh, would indicate that they would come out of those um, less risky assets, go into uh, riskier assets, reinflate the economy, interest rates would go up naturally, inflation would follow, and uh, their their monetary policy would be easier to uh, uh, to predict. And sounds to, like uh, a great theory, but in practice, not so much. The problem that we're dealing with is, is you want to take uh, and look at past Fed actions as uh, um, uh, a precursor to future Fed, a- Fed actions. But we're also dealing with uh, 09, uh, which is only slightly better than the actual depression and the crash itself. Yeah. So we're dealing with much different kind of economic uh, booms and busts, uh, which has made this hard. Now, the, the, the Fed's toolbox is... Is we're down to the remaining screws and a couple of nails, right? There's not much left to do here other than to follow the rest of the world and drive interest rates to negative uh, levels. Well, and of course, that's one of the reasons we've had this huge rally is because there's so many negative yields around the world. Everybody wants to buy treasuries. What what's a what's a decent strategy? What's the move now? If treasuries maybe the rally isn't over, but maybe it doesn't have a lot further to go. So then, what do you say? Well, well. You know, investment grade corporate bonds are good because if you're going to get any gain, maybe the economy picks up and stocks keep doing better. You widen that spread and you make money that way, something like that. Yeah, so it's your appetite for risk. Um, it, if it, to get higher returns in the bond market, you have to take on additional credit risk or go further out. Uh, of course, it depends on how far you want to go out in the duration ladder. We would be uh, willing to accept a little more credit risk if you would shorten durations on the way up um, and, and satisfy that. The uh, The problem with that is uh, these premiums have been shrinking and these spreads have been tightening because everyone sees that as a, as a viable option. So um, unless you're in a tax bracket where you can buy long munis, uh, the corporate bond market uh, where spreads have been tightening is a good place to be. Corporate balance sheets have been building cash through this entire um, a period where the Fed has been easing, which has provided them with balance sheet uh, opportunities, which does uh, mean that if the economy does come back, there's, there's a good chance that those equities will go up and, and maybe the bonds will hold steady. And if you hold those bonds and rates increase, then you have to figure out who you can sell them to very quickly. No, e- exactly. And, and the Achilles heel for bonds is always going to be inflation. Uh, which means your your risk on the longer end of price erosion is greater if that inflation emerges. The 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 point we are now is where is that inflation going to come from? Who's going to generate it, and why is it going to going to happen? And, and there's little fear in that. But just really quickly here, but that's the that's the whole point of a short duration position. You've got like 10 seconds because right. then if you have that move, Pim talked about, you just hold on to them until they mature, and you don't lose any money. Exactly, and that's why we've we've been telling clients to shorten duration, get into that intermediate sector, and ride this out. All right, Kevin Giddes, once again, educating us on the bond market and keeping us up to date on the bond market, the Fed, because certainly the Federal Reserve is one of the biggest levers for the bond market. Kevin is executive vice president and head of fixed income, that's bonds, at Raymond James. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, federal regulators have issued new greenhouse gas standards that will force the manufacturers of truck engines to reduce carbon emissions. We've got details. 